0: Up everybody! It's uh, Father Blood back for another episode, episode two—the first episode with a guest. Uh, it's busy season uh, in a lot of ways, and by that I mean busy season with celebrations. We've got priestly anniversaries, we got birthdays, we got a lot of awesome stuff happening this summer. And today, my first official guest on the What Up Podcast is my best friend from seminary, Father Tim Cohn. He's from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And we're just going to get to know him and his story. Uh, So, Father Tim, welcome to the pod. What up? What up, brother? (laughs) So, uh, Father, oftentimes when people meet you for the first time, they say, oh, are are you from Sioux Falls originally? You say, well, South Dakota in a roundabout way. Tell us about the roundabout way. Where were you raised? Where did you live? The whole nine.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, my, so, my folks were in the military. My my dad was in the Air Force for 20 years uh, and uh, my mom was in the Air Force for I think it was six years and that's actually where they've met. So, my dad's from the Denver area, mom's from Syracuse, New York, and in the military, obviously, you, you travel a lot. So, I was actually born in North Carolina, and we lived there for uh, a couple of years. And then we moved to England, actually. But we were over there for...
0: Pip, pip, Cheerio! Yeah, the same one.
1: <laughs> What's funny is I was over there for three and a half years. And it was during the, the formative language learning years. Uh, and so... Apparently, as my aunts and uncles still give me a hard time for, uh, I came back and I had the thickest British accent that you could imagine. <laughs> That's so funny. I was a little British kid that was born in the States. <laughs> yep. So they gave my dad basically, it was retirement time for him and they gave him the choice of, you know, anywhere in a country to live. Uh, and he chose Rapid City, South Dakota
0: <laughs> because it's known for its beaches or mountains or what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, it's it's got gorgeous, gorgeous mountains there, uh, the Black Hills, and uh, you know, I was asking my dad, like, Dad, yeah, really? I mean, we could have gone
0: anywhere. <laughs> yeah, and had he not heard of Miami? <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Really, <laughs> anywhere else? <laughs> but you know, I mean, to to his credit, you know, my grandfather had been in the Air Force for 21 years, and so my dad, when he was a kid, had traveled all over the world, and then my, when my dad was in the military, he'd been all over the world, and. He said, he's like, hey, look, I've seen it all. I've seen the crazy that's out there. East coast, west coast, that's a safe place to raise a family. Hmm. And uh, yeah, he was right. It was, yeah, beautiful place to grow up. Uh, learned a lot. Learned a lot of what you probably shouldn't do.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, so we moved to Rapid City when I was basically about kindergarten and stayed there uh, up through high school. And then uh, went on to the University of South Dakota for music education. Um uh, and went out to Buffalo, New York. Did some singing, some teaching, some odd jobs out there for a while. And was music director uh, <clears throat> at a Catholic church in uh, southeastern South Dakota for a couple of years. And then went to the seminary after that.
0: Wow! Yeah. Uh, growing up, was faith always a part of life? It was a part of your family, or was it something you maybe picked up on the road? Or how did that sort of play out? Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, thanks be to God, it was a daily part of life. Whether I wanted it or not, or anyone else wanted it or not. You know, my, my parents, even to this day, are daily mass goers. Wow. Uh, and I remember they would bring us, you know, kicking and screaming. <laughs> uh, and I didn't appreciate it at the time, uh, but I realized that that was instilling something so much deeper uh, that would end up, you know, bearing incredible fruit down the road. Uh, so yeah, it was pretty cool. Daily, daily part of life.
0: And what's wild about and, that is, We'll get in the weeds a little more of, of like, discernment and the seminary and that stuff. But but to realize, like, in your parents' choice to live the faith and, and their receptivity of the faith, they probably had no idea that that meant down the road their son was going to become a priest. Like, countless souls receiving sacraments because they decided to live the faith in a daily way. Like, that's powerful to think about. Like right. The Lord had so much in store even before he sort of revealed the plan. Yeah,
1: know. yeah. You know, and you, you see that, I mean, I deal a lot with, I mean, anytime that you're dealing with marriage prep couples, uh, this is something that's been stirring in my heart even in the last, uh, the last several or couple of months in particular, that, uh, I mean, n- like on someone's wedding day, no one knows what they're saying yes to, the entirety of the plan. Like, obviously, you know, you love the person, you're making that choice of commitment to them, but no one knows what that's gonna entail. Well, the same is true in the priesthood. And the same is true in consecrated life, like, you know. Someone would have told me everything that I'd be going through an encounter where the first four years of priesthood. And I'd told them they were crazy. Or,
0: or you might have said no. Right. Yeah, right. Well, I think sometimes it's like if, if I knew the Lord's plan and all the details, I might have <laughs> hesitated. Right. But right. there's a certain level of like risk to love where it's like, no, I'm, it's, it's worth risking everything. Yeah. But but sometimes we can get in our head in the fear. If, if we saw it all, then maybe we wouldn't give everything. Right. 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 Yeah. So you go to college to do music. You're pretty good at it, Yeah, right? I'll toot your horn a little yeah. bit. Um, so was that life-giving for a time? What, what was your sort of experience of the Lord in that season where you're pouring into to sacred music effectively? Yeah,
1: yeah. So you know what's really cool? Uh, when I got to college, uh, I found uh, what I thought was freedom. In air quotes. <laughs> you know, do what you want with whomever you want, no questions asked, whatever, you know.
0: Isn't that a John Paul II quote? Yeah. <laughs> Freedom is doing whatever you want with whomever you want, however many times you want. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No questions
1: asked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and what's funny is so I effectively abandoned my faith in, in college. But what's interesting is as a musician, especially as a choral musician, the the some of the best stuff that you're singing the most technically challenging pieces they're all catholic pieces they're 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 i mean it's sacred music they're they are mass settings and and what's funny is everyone saw in me what i was actively rejecting mm. that i i wanted nothing to do with our lord because it was inconvenient for how i wanted to live but yet everyone else saw me as the church kid and uh and, and so as i've been praying about this over the years that entire time of me Pouring my heart out for music, uh, I was I was looking for a Lord. I was grasping for him. I wanted him so desperately, but I didn't know it was him I was looking for. Hmm. That music, uh, you know, there there's there's a powerful quote from Beethoven that said, Music is the one uh incorporal entrance into humankind, which mankind cannot comprehend, but comprehends mankind. Hmm that you can express yourself and i found this all through the. You know, i went also went through all, all kinds of crazy stuff when i was growing up and i realized that music was a safe outlet i could express myself in ways that otherwise i didn't know how to and our lord used that he was totally using that not only for me to be able to to actually express you know, the hurt that had been going on for, for years. Uh, but as well as like the hope our Lord was speaking to my heart, giving me hope that I'm here with you, even though you're pushing me away. Huh. Like I'm not going anywhere. And I saw this over and over and over and over countless times. Uh, yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. And, and again, I think it's powerful to see the pursuit of the Lord. Mm. Like oftentimes people people can go through seasons of life where it's like, well, the Lord seemed very quiet, or the Lord seemed very far, and yet hindsight's twenty twenty, and we can see like, well, the Lord was pursuing me in the midst of something that that I wasn't afraid of. You know, yeah. he he approached me in something that was comfortable, like music. So yeah, so the Lord's pursuing not through some sort of extraordinary means where he's got to you know blow the, the the roof off the place. Like no, like <laughs> I'm gonna meet you where you already are. Yeah, <laughs> look yeah. alive. You can keep running, but I'm going to be here, <laughs> right? So, what did it look like um, to sort of um, make those steps for the first time back into faith? To say like, no, like I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to buy into this. Yeah, well, what compelled you to make that step? I yeah. Forward?
1: So I had a radical reversion back to the church. You know, my my junior year, I had <coughs> I had three deaths in my family between Thanksgiving and Christmas that one year. Uh, my uncle had committed suicide. My uh, my grandmother died of uh, died from a heart attack unexpectedly, and my my little sister's got different dad, and he died of cancer, uh, just back to back to back. And I had never encountered death before, not not in that way, and uh, and it was in such a short amount of time that all of like the the facade that I had built up for so long. And the, the things that I was grasping for, uh, were radically, were, were quickly crumbling to pieces. And I remember absolutely losing it. What's funny is as a musician, I mean, we'd have to practice. Uh, and it was getting to be a regular habit that I would be practicing about 1 30 in the afternoon. And then I'd get a phone call from one of my sisters. Uh, and it happened three different times wow. in the same exact way. And then I would, they told me that someone passed away and then I'd have to go directly to my teacher's office. And tell him what happened that I have to leave, you know, and the first, the first time that, you know, he was like, wow, okay, do whatever you got to do. The second time he actually made a joke like, but it's all die. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then the third time he didn't even say anything. He looked, he said, you've got to be kidding me. Just go. (laughs) That nothing prepares you for that. And what was interesting is throughout all of that, it needed to happen this way that I had been grasping on for control for so long of what I think I I thought I needed. I thought I knew what was best for me until all of it was ripped away. Thanks be to God. And in that moment, uh, long and short of it is I ended up at a a Focus Conference down in Orlando, Florida, a place I didn't wanna go with people I didn't know, and I didn't want to be there. But I realized that this was a part of our Lord's master plan that uh, ultimately said, you're going to shut up and listen to me and everything that I have to tell you, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And it was the best experience of my life. And I realized down there that I had been grasping for everything. I've been settling for something infinitely less than, than love itself. That uh, I was so afraid. Uh, I was so afraid of what love demands, uh, what it would cost to follow our Lord. Like I was afraid. I was afraid that I would lose myself. Hmm. Uh, what's incredible is when you open your heart to a Lord, you become the most yourself. Huh. And while I was down there, I had this encounter with the Lord that has radically opened my heart forever. That I was there uh, at Mass, and we were singing my favorite hymns, and surrounded by my favorite people at the time. I mean, so are really good friends, even to this day. And I had this just this welling up within me of this just uncontrollable joy. Huh. Uh, everything felt so familiar, everything felt so alive and I remember uh, like the, the sensation was uh, what immediately came to me was faith like a child and I immediately understood that our Lord meant what he said I could tell the mountain to move and it's gone and I could and I took it to its electrical stream there you know there's they were up on a stage where like I could tell the stage to disappear and it'd be gone no I shouldn't do that they're saying mass That'd be, <laughs> that's a bad idea right now but the sense of like our Lord is so real so tangibly real and and I knew that I couldn't go back to the way I was living. It just, it was not compatible. And everything changed from that point on. Wow. And that that started the ball rolling of me actually buying into our Lord uh, in, in a real way. But what's interesting is, I forgot to mention that I knew when I was at an encounter at mass when I was about seven, eight years old, that I knew that the Lord wanted me to be a priest. Huh. I, and I've known it since that point. I was at the consecration and my mom used to whisper in my ear, okay, this is what you say now. I'm like, okay, I'm pray. And that particular day, for whatever reason, she wasn't whispering in my ear, but I prayed and I was actually praying. And, and then I thought to myself, okay, I'm done. And then the priest went on as if he was waiting for me to finish my prayers. Obviously wasn't the case, but in that moment, our Lord had placed something into my heart that forever changed me. And so, all of these years later, when I was actively running from our Lord, I always remembered what our Lord had called me to. Yeah. I always knew, but I was running from it because I was afraid—afraid afraid that I was too broken, afraid of what it would cost, afraid of being seen for as I, as I truly am. And our Lord has never outdone in His generosity, right? And and uh, yeah, it's been absolutely incredible.
0: What I love about that is—is is there's a particular <clears throat> phrase you use? You said. When you're at that focus conference, you had that moment where you were filled with joy. Mm. And I think my experience of you, Father, is, um, your calling card is your joy, mm. right? You also got a short temper in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> but, but your calling card is that laugh that your calling card is the joy that like <clears throat> life is worth living and having fun and being free. And so it's cool that in that moment of sort of reversion or conversion where the Lord met you, it was very familiar. And he also called you to just be fully yourself. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, okay, now's the time to totally change everything about yourself and go 180 and become some sort of weirdo, pious freakazoid. <laughs> no, the Lord was saying, no, I want to make you full. I want to make you who, who I created you to be, and I want you to, to realize that this is a, a gift to be given, not something to be run, you know, to run from. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's just powerful for us to realize, like. If there's ever a fear, a hesitation saying like, I, you know, I, I'm afraid of, of what love is going to cost. You know what it's going to cost? It's going to cost you letting go of fear. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you letting go of inhibitions and just saying, I'm going to go all in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> uh, I I love that we're having this conversation right now. That's something that I've prayed with for years is uh, I, I just I remember this realization in prayer that, um I don't have to be like the saints that I'm praying to, or that I'm praying to, that I'm asking their intercession of. Like I love Padre Pio, I love St. Charbel and a whole host of other saints. And for for a long time, I wanted to like perfectly emulate their life. The problem is, is I'm not them, <laughs> you know? And I think a lot of our, our listeners can relate to that, that it's like, well, it's hard to try to do this just like they did, you know, like well, yeah, you're not supposed to, but yet for for years and years and years, that's what I was trying to do. Uh, I was trying to copy what they were doing, and our Lord at the end of the day is like, no, 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 no. I created you as you, unique, and I, that's just not like a polite saying, a polite way of saying you're really weird. You know, <laughs> you know? Right. be that as it may, <laughs> right. but. Like, the more that we can just be ourselves and how we relate to the world in love with God, the better. Right. You know, like, I mean, we don't need another Padre Pio because the church already has one. We don't need another St. Therese because the church already has one. You know, we we need St. Robert Blood. <laughs> right. St. Tim hope. All <laughs> right. Please, God. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and so we'll, we'll fast forward a little bit. So yeah. um, you mm-hmm. went to seminary, right? You sort of finally said, okay, Lord, I, I give in. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, there were a few dark years before I got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pre- pre- theology, um, but but I'll fast forward to, to when we, mi- we met. So I'm I'm a little bit of a loner. I'm a little bit, of, you know, I, I do my own thing. And I'd heard about you, but I was like, ah, it's Tim Cone guy, right? <laughs> and I remember sort of like, I don't need, I don't need new friends. I don't need to meet this guy. But anyway, we crossed paths. We were at a, a Charisma. Talk. Mm-hmm. So we were in the seminary together, but it wasn't until that night at this basically it was a praise and worship, prayer team, sort of adoration thing. And we were pretty much the only two seminarians there. Yeah. And so at a certain point I realized I'm gonna have to walk back with this guy. <laughs> so we started talking, and we realized, wow, we're we're kind of on the same page when it comes to the faith and zeal and the future of the church. And what was cool throughout seminary formation for me is I feel like I finally found somebody who, who got it. Mm -hmm. Like, I met a lot of faithful people, but it was cool when our paths crossed because there was a moment where the Lord was like, no, this is the church. (laughs) Like, wherever two or more of the gathered, Christ is in your midst, right? So um, I just think about all those opportunities we had to to encounter people, or even seminarians, like when we have guys like, hey, you guys got time to pray, and then just pop up in the room and pray, and like, realize like, no, like, this is what it means to be free. Like, this (laughs) is the church. Yeah, Yeah.
1: you know, Our Lord, <laughs> our Lord is really bad at hide and seek. <laughs> yeah. Cause he wants to be found by us. And the thing is, I literally, I just preached on this just a couple of weeks ago that, uh, no, it was just this last weekend. Our Lord wants to be spread. He absolutely like, I mean, as much as we want to be holy, our Lord wants it infinitely more than we do. Like he wants holiness for us far more than we do. Like anyone who's struggling and you want to be free or you want this pain to go away, whatever it is, our Lord wants that infinitely more for you. Uh, and so the thing is like, he will just stir it up. And he'll connect the people together. I mean, you know, like providential encounters. I'm right. all about it. I mean, Archangel Raphael, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the fact that that is absolutely true, that when we were when we are open to our Lord and allowing him to do his thing within us and through us, you're always going to be in the right place at the right time. I've seen that over and over and over and over and over again, even so much so that our Lord will use my own sinfulness to bring in about a conversation or a, a providential conversation with someone else. Yeah.
0: And I remember those days where you and I would have those conversations and even ask intercession with St. Raphael, like, okay, whoever we're supposed to meet today, let them cross our path. And you just see it happen, right? That's just, yeah. again, to, to point back to what I, I think is sort of the theme of this episode is with the Lord and his providential plan, there's just incredible freedom. Yeah. And so you see that in our ministry. You see that in our personal life. You see that in our, our friendships. Even in those places, like you think about certain friendships or family relationships and, it doesn't mean that everything's peachy keen all the time. Mm-hmm. But there's a certain level of trust. or I would almost say like, um, I don't want to say disregard because that seems mm-hmm. negative. Yeah. But almost like a, a holy indifference to be able to say, you know what? Even in more difficult situations or relationships, I know that our Lord is working. There's a confidence that we're able to have yeah. as those who have been pursued by the Lord.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I see this every day with and my parishioners. And and the realization that this is I mean I would say that this is sort of the secret sauce, except it's not really secret. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sauce. <laughs> yeah, lots of glorious sauce. <laughs> and I mean, you see, this is what brings people freedom. That uh I, well, it's funny, I just literally just preached on this again. That you preach uh, a lot. I well, preach what, to what we say <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes Father nice Jesus is shut his mouth. Well. I also have a lot of favorites. <laughs> yeah. My remind me of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, uh, Saint Ignatius of Loyola says, you know, in his uh, rules for spiritual or the spiritual exercises, you know, not to pray for good health or poor health or to be rich or poor, but to pray for what is actually conducive to you reaching your final end. Hmm. You know, what, what's actually going to get you to heaven. And, and so that's what I've been trying to open or asking our Lord to open the hearts of my parishioners is to say, look, wherever you find yourself, if things are going well, great, thanks be to God. If things aren't going well, great, thanks be to God. Our Lord has a plan, regardless of the circumstances you find yourself in. Hmm. And the thing is, at the end of the day, our Lord is aching for us to trust Him. He wants us desperately to trust Him. No desperation on His part, but He knows that we need it desperately. Right, Uh, and the beautiful thing is, I mean, when we when we come to that realization that when He says to us, "I have you," no matter what, no matter what, you're mine. Nothing can take you from my hand. When we live out of that, nothing can stand in our way. Nothing can stop us, and we will always be bringing that confidence and that love. Uh, everywhere that we go with every single person that we encounter. Um, yeah, I mean, we, it, it's not that, or it's not like our Lord stops working just because I've stopped praying or our Lord only work. We keep putting our Lord in a box, right? He can only work from nine to 10.55 if Father preaches long, you know, <laughs> on Sunday morning. Right. And then he's got bigger fish to fry after that. Oh no. <laughs> 24 7 365 all day long sleeping waking you know <laughs> eating you shower whatever it is our Lord is at work constantly working on us opening our hearts to even stirring up our desires uh
0: and that's the and I feel like that's the call right to become more and more aware because uh, so the end goal is heaven perfection yeah. with the Lord and at that point we're, we're, we're totally aware of his presence mm-hmm. but it's not like he's holding out until then. It's not like the Lord is saying like, well, just, you know, do good things for seven years for those that are strong and then I'll give you a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I want to be in a relationship with you today and forever. And so even just to take a moment to give the Lord permission, like show your hand. Yeah. Like, and that's a big thing that I, I guess I've had to remind myself and, and I talk about all the time is like consistency is one of the most fruitful parts of life, mm. And I mean that in every form, but specifically with prayer, right? Prayer doesn't have to look a certain way. It doesn't have to be a certain level of beauty. It doesn't, you don't have to have particular devotions, but what's important is the consistency that every day you say, I've communed with the living God and now I can go to sleep. Yeah. And so I, I just think that's really something the Lord has maybe formed you in uh-huh. like from those times, even when you were far from him or we were sort of wandering or running, Yeah, he was drawing you back into consistency through beauty, through goodness. And, and now, so you've been a priest. Today's your anniversary. Yeah. Tomorrow's your birthday. It's a great <laughs> celebration. It's Tim Cone month. <laughs> um, you've been a priest for four years, which is a chunk of time. Yeah. Yeah. In these four years, what has filled you the most as a son of the Father right So we can talk yeah. about the priesthood we can talk yeah. about um, all the good things that the Lord has done through you and I love that and I reverence that and I celebrate it but for you you didn't lose your humanity in your priesthood. Yeah. Um, this is just another step in your your dream of sanctity. so so how has the Lord filled you in the last four years?
1: Mm. Yeah, you know nothing gives me more life. As a priest, it's even beyond just as a priest, as a person being around others who are on fire for the Lord or those who want our Lord. Mm. And our Lord has provided those opportunities that to, to uh, I mean, to help bring him to others. I mean, uh, our Lord will surround you with people who will become your family. I mean, as a priest, you're, you end up being a member of every family. And I've seen that in every parish that I've been to in the four assignments I've had in the four years of priesthood. Yeah. <laughs> um, but our Lord is faithful. He is always faithful, even if I'm not. And that's a beautiful thing that uh, He knows. He knows how I relate to the world. He knows me, and so He knows how he knows what I'm looking for and he knows what I need and he will always provide for that need. There's times that he stretches my endurance that he desires to stretch that faith a little bit more, but then he will always provide. Uh I mean, I remember one moment in particular, one of my favorite things, um, is driving home from the after the last mass. Not just because masses are done, though there is sort of a relief uh, because it, it is it is work, you know, yeah, right. I mean it takes a lot of energy, you know. Um, but driving home, I've got this long, beautiful drive in the country. It's a half hour drive and it's nothing but wide open space. And the sun's usually shining or I, I don't know what it is, but it I just I feel small, not insignificant. But it seems so larger than life, and I'm a part of it, that the, the, the grandeur, the glory of God is far beyond anything we could have ever asked for or imagined, and yet He desires that we be part of that. And that's what He has shown me every day of my priesthood, even if I'm not in a good spot to receive it. That... He is God. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and creation is beautiful I and mean, it's a reflection of his goodness, his glory. I mean, even just humor. I mean, everything is all the reflection of his goodness and his glory. Uh, and he wants us to be a part of it. He's given to us because he loves us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful reflection and, and, and what a gift for us to be able to experience in some small way your story and where the Lord has been. Uh, to realize he's been so faithful, he's been so consistent, and he's just been offering you time and time again the spirit of freedom, and the spirit of hope. Right. So, and, and so all of us sharing that with you, and we, we celebrate you and, and your priesthood, and and the faithfulness of God. And so I just ask everyone: listen, let's pray for Father Tim, in celebration of his life and his priesthood, all that he does and all that he is. Uh, and if there's one thing that we know after our conversation today is that God is offering us a wonderful adventure and it's worth chasing him. So Father, thank you for taking the time. Thanks, brother. Love you, man. We'll talk soon. Sounds good, brother. Peace Loose- out. Doozy you do. <laughs>